Hello and welcome to another episode of The Curriculum, a podcast from Cornerstones Education. We do our best to provide advice, insight and information for primary school leaders and teachers, all in the time it takes to get to work or grab a quick cuppa. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Curriculum Podcast by Cornerstones. My name is Melanie Moore and I'm your host for this episode. This week we're talking to Amy McCaw, a primary teacher, blogger, aspiring author, writer, sats marker and curriculum consultant. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. It's lovely to have you here this morning, Amy. Before we get into thinking about English or literacy across the curriculum, um, I just want to ask you a little bit about your own interest and experience in um, English, literacy. Can you tell me a little bit about where your passion for English comes from? I think my family would tell you that I was interested in English from just about the moment I was born. There are pictures of me at one and a half with a book in my hand that I would argue I was reading. Um, My parents would say maybe not. Um, And I think that since then, I've always had a love of stories, whether I'm role playing them, reading them, writing them. And I think that carried on as a student, as a teacher. And then now that I'm working as a consultant, I find that I've got time in my own time to do blogging about books, which I really enjoy. Um, and also writing books for myself. And I, I noticed from your Twitter account, because I do follow you on Twitter, that you're possibly one of the most prolific book readers um, I've ever known. It seems to me that every, every, every night there's a tweet saying, I'm reading this book and I'm reading this book. So just out of my own interest, how, how many books are you reading at the moment? I'm quite often reading four or five books at the same time and I think it's because with books I'm in a different mood so I might want something that'll scare me, something that'll make me think. Um, A book that I've just read, um, Children of Blood and Bone, um, combines a lot of different fantastical elements that I really enjoy as well. So I find that I can probably read a couple of books a week, but I like to read different things just to keep my interest. Well, that's that's quite interesting because a lot of adults would say they find it hard to to fit the time in to read one one book. So just out of interest, then, um, what would you say is your favourite book of all time? I think Northern Lights is probably one of my favourite books by Philip Pullman because I can remember the moment I bought my first copy, my granddad saw the shiny Carnegie Medal on the front and said, "Oh, that's a book you'll really enjoy," and I thought that means it's going to be boring. Um, and actually I loved it as a child and I've read it as an adult I've been to see the play and I just think it's an amazing story an amazing world Um, and I think that different people can reach at different points in their lives as well that's interesting see mine mine is Wuthering Heights so that's yeah that's quite a contrast between our two favorite uh, books there and what about your favorite author um, one that not as many people have heard of, Lainey Taylor, is, is an American author and she wrote a fantasy series that starts with Daughter of Smoke and Bone and it's got these amazing mythological elements that I find fascinating. Um, the writing's beautiful and quite literary um, but then it's also got this really human story at the centre of it and I think I find that interesting, a character who's thrown into this unbelievable situation and how they would deal with it. What would you say is the book that's had the biggest impact on a class of children? I think Holes by Lewis Satchar is always a really powerful book because I think at the beginning they can't find that much to relate with with the boys who are digging these holes and they think of them as um, sort of criminals and children who've done a lot of things wrong and I think by the end they really have a different perspective on other people Um, and I think the historical element always grabs their interest from the western point of view but also makes them think that people through time have gone through situations exactly like you and they always love that and and it's quite a 
commonly used book isn't it key stage two yeah and again it's one that you can come out as an adult and see things that children never would and I think a lot of secondary teachers really enjoy it as well because of of all the different layers that you can access the text on that's lovely I mean we could talk about books all day long couldn't we because (laughs) I'm an avid reader too but um getting down to the business of um thinking about English and literacy across the curriculum then if I were to um visit a classroom and I was looking for evidence of you know, really effective use of literacy in English across the curriculum. What would I be looking for or, or what would I see? I think the best way of looking at English across the curriculum is seeing English that has meaningful links to the topic that teachers are covering with their classes. So it's about providing opportunities for children to use and apply English and the skills that they would acquire in English lessons all across the subjects. So could you give me sort of a real example of that? Yeah, so one I was thinking about was um, if you're learning about Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, um, you could just teach them children divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. And they learn it, but they don't necessarily become really invested. Whereas if you read a real letter from Anne Boleyn, who's pleading her case to Henry VIII not to kill her, um, even though she knows that that's what's going to happen, um, I think that's really powerful. And you're exposing children to a real historical text, which is quite challenging. Um, but also really making them think and getting them to use their historical skills of looking at source material. And what about thinking about teachers planning? What what would you be looking for? What sort of indications would you be looking for that there's English being taught and used across the curriculum? I think it comes at all different levels with planning. You should see on a day-to-day basis that teachers are really thinking about making those meaningful links, how what links does this lesson have with the topic I'm covering and also what English skills am I going to teach and also in terms of medium term planning um, whole school planning it should be really clear that English is obviously a core part of the curriculum but also that it is being linked in a meaningful way to the other subjects. And I suppose in terms of time as well obviously the curriculum is crowded so to be able to do more English and more literacy across the curriculum is, is of benefit yeah, to it's, everybody. It's really valuable and I think that sometimes children can get their best English learning done when they don't actually realise they're doing it. So Absolutely. what's seen as an afternoon session of history or geography, they might be doing a presentation about global warming and geography when actually they're using really good spoken language skills, they're planning out their argument, um, they're looking at two sides and that can be quite a complicated text that they're tackling without even realising that they're doing it. That's right. What about, I mean, you've, you have touched on it there a little bit, but could you just outline the benefits of teaching English or literacy across the curriculum? I think that the main thing I always valued was the engagement of children, the fact that they don't just think I'm learning English, then I'm learning maths, then I'm learning history and see those as really isolated subjects. I think that they get really carried away with the topic that they're learning. Um, I went into a school recently, Farmlow Primary, and it was really evident that the whole school were working towards this big project of a museum and the children were so proud of their element, whether in year one they were doing about Robin Hood. And they knew everything about that subject and they were so excited and their English skills, they were really articulate, their writing was of a good standard. And I think that engagement is a way in to raising standards in the classroom. Um, And that's another thing I feel strongly about, that if children are engaged and they want to learn, for teachers who are worried about the Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 SARS, um, it does drive standards up. Recent Ofsted research has shown that tests should exist in the service of the curriculum not the other way around and that there is a place for preparing children for tests but not at the expense of the curriculum. So you've taught in years five and six yes. um, and you're a SATS marker as well. 
What's your view on preparing children for testing? Do you believe that's something that should be a specific focus process or are you happy to just give children a really good diet of English and literacy across the curriculum? What's your view on preparing for testing and the importance of testing? I think that there has to be a balance. My view is that the curriculum is the most important part and that if children are engaged and the quality of teaching and learning is high, then it will improve how children do in tests. But I think that there is a place for spending some time to prepare children for assessments. So, for example, in the reading tests that I mark, a problem that I see is children running out of time. So there are strategies that teachers can use, um, such as breaking down the test into the three texts explaining to children how long they should spend on each part and how long they should spend on questions that are worth different marks. So I think that it's important to let children see test questions so that isn't the first time they encounter them in their SARS. But I do think that the curriculum has to be the most important part. Well, some really useful tips and advice there, Amy. But what about um, teachers who want to improve um, how they teach English and literacy across the curriculum in general on a day-to-day basis? What would your top tips be for that? I think that once you've got a system in place in your school, so at a whole school level you've decided that you're teaching English across the curriculum um, and English leaders have done some auditing of the school's position through looking at planning, work scrutiny, lesson observations. I think that teachers then have got a clear idea of where they're going as their school which is really important. I think on a day-to-day basis it's about looking for as many opportunities as possible um, to teach English across the curriculum day to day and then over a longer period of time. So for example, if you're learning about writing a diary entry um, for Anne Frank, it's about looking at the material you've got and thinking what is going to be the best English skill um, to teach using using this subject and using this text. So for Anne Frank, you might look at the quality of language that she uses, um, about the evocative use um, of feelings that come through her writing and then allowing the children to emulate that in their own work. Because to all intent and purposes, that's history and empathy. But obviously, there's huge amounts of potential for characterisation, vocabulary, emotive writing. Yes, that's definitely true. Um, Other things I would suggest are thinking about the class readers that you use all the way through school um, to challenge children to bring your class together and to also carry on making those links to other subject areas and the English that you're learning. Um, Another thing that I've seen a lot of schools do really well, as I mentioned, Farmalow doing one-off events. It could be a whole school event that you build up to um, over a period of time, but I've also seen really effectively used author visits so that all the children in school can come into access with this fantastic person who can teach them about the real process of writing a book. It's about getting involved with things like World Book Day and also things like having one-off writing days. Um, The school that I used to teach at, we had a fantastic day that was just based on the simple idea of a door appearing in every classroom. So every teacher decided what was going to go in, in the frame of that door. And when the children came in that morning, the whole day's learning spanned from there. And without realizing it, they did role play. They wrote all different kinds of texts. They wrote letters to the people who might live behind the door. And all of that came from a piece of paper stuck to the wall. So I think that the advice I'd give to teachers is thinking about those big ideas that can have a really wow impact, but also those small things that you can do day to day just to embed English in your everyday practice. So you've outlined some lovely tips and ideas there. What about some of the barriers or challenges that teachers might face? We've mentioned SATs, which I think some teachers find is enormous pressure, but I think with enough procedures in place in school and whole school planning that that's something you can overcome. 
But I think another barrier that some teachers find intimidating, especially in the context of English grammar, punctuation, spelling, is subject knowledge. Um, and that's something that I think the English subject leader can take on board in terms of arranging staff training. It could be out of school, um, but it could also, could also be in school and making the most of the subject knowledge that your staff have that are already on the team. I think as well, um, whole school planning can seem a little bit daunting to plan English across the curriculum from scratch. But again, I think it's something that you can tackle as a team of people. You can break it down so that you're taking responsibility for your year group, but also being led by senior leaders and supported by the English leader as well to ensure that cohesion and consistency all the way through school. And one thing that teachers mentioned to me as well is that sometimes they feel that children using English skills in other subjects that the standards might not be as high. So you're doing some writing in a science lesson and children forget to use capital letters and full stops. But I think that with that, you've just got to keep on going and keep building it into children's everyday practice that checking their grammar, their punctuation, their spelling, reading the work carefully, all those skills that they would use in an English lesson, it can become everyday practice to use them in other contexts as well. What would you advise teachers to have in practical terms in their classrooms to encourage children to be thinking about literacy in English all the time? I think it's about giving children easy access to resources like a thesaurus, a dictionary, lower down school to provide word banks, word maps, but also higher up school thinking about how you can give them access to technical vocabulary, topic specific vocabulary and meaningful ways to get the key stage two word list in as well. So I've seen some classrooms make brilliant use of word lists for key stage two where they display words that link to the kinds of spellings that year five and six children learn, but that also have that very meaningful link to the topic as well. Um, and I think thinking about what you've got in your local area, whether you could use a local library and also looking at the resources and books that you've already got in school and in your school library or in other colleagues' classes as well. And what about talk? Because um, I'm a big advocate of talk in the classroom. Um, and for me, there are huge benefits, particularly around creativity. But in terms of English and literacy across the curriculum, what opportunities can we be giving children for talking? Um, as pathways into writing or, or reading or vocabulary development? I think that talk is a huge part of learning all the way through English. In terms of reading, it's about discussing text. So with um, reading, having a class reader, you could be questioning children in a way that's drawing on all of those comprehension skills that they can apply in a more formal context. So questioning them about the language the author has used, getting them to use retrieval skills and also inferring things more deeply and all of that can come through speaking and listening. And I, and I presume as well within that, there's enabling children to express a preference or an opinion on a book or on a character's viewpoint, developing empathy, all of those sort of, what I would say, softer skills. Well. Exactly. I think Philip Pullman was actually an author that I read recently who said that we shouldn't always ask children to necessarily have to respond to a book and give an answer that is very much one of the SATS-based skills yeah, or right reading or comprehension yeah. skill. It's really important to say whether you liked a book or not, which characters you really respond to. And it isn't a wasted opportunity because it's giving children the chance to share a view and become more empathetic as as readers and as learners and I think as well it can have really meaningful links to their comprehension skills expressing a preference about a character can lead very quickly into inference or asking about a setting of a book can give them a path into writing as well and give them something to use and talking about writing I mean in, in key stage one in early years obviously there's a huge emphasis on talk into writing and um, play 
the development of language in that sense. What about um, play and development of talking into writing in key stage two? Is that something you've done much of or seen in action? Absolutely. I think there isn't sometimes a tendency to forget about the speaking, listening opportunities at key stage two, but I've found that some of my best role play lessons have been in year five. And I remember particularly a lesson where I got some year five children who felt very silly at first to imagine that they were in a terrifying cave. And as they were going through this cave, they were thinking about the senses and whether it got cold or whether it got dark. And all I'd got on the board was an image of a cave and and they could just hear the sound of my voice. But the writing that they did afterwards was quite amazing because they'd already felt like they were there. And I gave them time to discuss their experiences in the cave and as they're in there to talk to each other, to talk afterwards. And it it's a, comes back to having that real purpose for learning and that real context. If it starts to feel real to them, then they can insert that into their writing. I think there's a lot of value in providing real life experiences for children as well. So this can be something as simple as giving children time to explore sand or paints in a sensory way in the classroom, letting them taste food and then write instructions for how they prepared those foods. But also when you're thinking about using an extracurricular visit or even a visit to your community or somewhere on your school property, it's been really creative about that and thinking I could write a recount, but also we could write a story based on that experience. We could write an information text and it's making the most of having a fantastic experience and thinking about the English skills that children can get out of that as well. Well, thank you for that, Amy. Thank you for giving us your time this afternoon. It's been a really insightful episode into literacy across the curriculum. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. And that's it for this episode of The Curriculum. You can subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or iPad. Or if you have an Android device, you can try something like Pocket Casts. It means you get the episodes going straight to your phone or tablet and you can discover a whole world of other podcasts out there. Um, If you've enjoyed the show, please tell someone about it. Just uh, send them a quick email or give them a nudge in person. Um, If you want to know more about Cornerstones, the curriculum, as in the Cornerstones curriculum, and um, other products, you can go to cornerstoneseducation.co.uk and you can learn more about this show, including how to subscribe at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk slash podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback and any ideas you might have for the show. Just get in touch by emailing podcasts at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk or drop us a line on Twitter where we are cornerstones.edu. That's it. Speak to you next time.